From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day to those who observe. I'm Monique Aiken, and today I'm joined by Impact Alpha editor David Bank to hear how Impact investors are approaching political risk and conflict in Eastern Europe and beyond. Hey, Monique, it's always great to be with you on the podcast. Always great to have you. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in Impact Investing. European investors are hungry for private debt in emerging markets. In January, Swiss impact investing pioneer Responsibility was acquired by London-based M&G. Zurich-based Blue Orchard sold a majority stake to Schroeder's in 2019. And Geneva-based Symbiotics has independently grown to $2.9 billion in assets under management. The common thread? European investors' growing appetite for impact investments, including loans to microfinance and agri-food institutions in emerging markets that were once considered too risky for institutional investors. Impact Alpha featured guest posts with different takes on addressing climate change. Clara Miller, former head of Heron Foundation, had a provocative piece entitled, Be Just a Little Brave, Six Ways Big Business Can Lead on Climate Action. Among her prescriptions, stop lobbying against climate legislation and lobby for carbon pricing and carbon taxes. Just Capital's Allison Omens reports that upwards of 85% of people surveyed want companies to disclose more about their business practices and impact on society and support federal requirements for corporate disclosure on human capital and environmental impact data. And finally, Climate AI's Himanshu Gupta and Equilibrium Capital's Dave Chen made the case for a new type of volatility calculation, the climate sharp ratio. It's a 21st century update to the traditional sharp ratio, which is used to calculate an investment's return compared to its risk. And yes, there were more climate deals this week. H2 Mobility raised $122 million to build hydrogen fueling stations in Europe. Berlin-based H2 says they're seeing a significant rise in demand for the alternative fuel from commercial heavy-duty vehicles. New Energy Nexus made four investment in Indonesia's clean energy transition. One of them will help develop a network of battery swapping stations for electric motorcycles in urban areas. And a joint venture will invest $4.1 billion in electric vehicle batteries. Stellantis, formed by last year's merger of Fiat Chrysler and Group PSA, has been an EV laggard. But with the investment, they're looking to catch up to the likes of GM, Ford, and even Toyota by enlisting LG Energy Solution to set up a large-scale EV battery manufacturing plant in Canada. While Will Smith was making headlines for other reasons this week, our audience may be interested to know that he is one of Hollywood's top impact investors. Smith has been making bets on high-impact startups as an early funder of the climate tech investor Prime Coalition and as a co-founder of Dreamers VC. He's got competition, though, from fellow Best Actor nominee Leonardo DiCaprio and a slew of other celebrity impact investors. Check out impactalpha.com for the who's who and for more on all of these stories. So David, Impact Alpha this week dug into impact investing and political risk on its 40th Agents of Impact call. How did the conversation unfold? Well, Monique, we've obviously been watching, you know, with a lot of interest, shall we say, the Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the resulting humanitarian crisis and and refugees and the fallout and trying to think of how it relates to impact investing. And what we settled on for this call and what we dug into was the 
calculations of political risk that impact investors have to take into account, obviously now in Ukraine, also in Russia, but then more broadly in, in, in other countries. It's, it's kind of one of these things where um, it becomes, it can be an excuse for not investing, but uh, frankly, the, um, you know, the places that, that need impact investors, you know, sometimes are the places that have the most risk. So we tried to dig into, uh, into all of that on our call. Well, what did you learn? Well, we had Jessica Blazer. Uh, she's a partner in a private equity firm called Sigma Blazer. Her father and her uncle, two of the founders of the firm, and, and a third are from Ukraine, but are in the States now. But the third partner is in Ukraine. Um, they've invested something like a billion dollars um, in Ukraine over the last quarter century. Um, they're now working to mobilize uh, their portfolio companies for humanitarian assistance of various sorts. Political risk is our friend, if you will, it has to be. It's undeniable when you're trying to invest in countries like Ukraine. Since its formation as, a, as its own nation, it has had massive amounts of political risk. You can't be a Western private equity firm with operations and investments in Ukraine. You must be a Western private equity firm in Ukraine. And so that has always been, yes, while our headquarters are in Houston, we have all been traveling back and forth months at a time consistently for 25 years. So we understand that you can't have this outside perspective. You have to have locals that are with you and that can help guide you. And because we have our own history with Ukraine, we have an intimate understanding of how the country works, of the culture, of the problems, the pluses, the minuses. And so we're able to account for those things. There are partners and investors that have trouble understanding that, but that's sort of where we come in as a guide. What we have been trying to shift to is an understanding of impact investing at a broader level. So it's not just environmental, it's not just social or, or governmental, it's a broader concept of investing in the future of a country, and that that's what the future of Ukraine requires. And we are firmly committed that when Ukraine is ready to be rebuilt, we will be on the ground, we will be there to help rebuild the country with the support of private investors as well as public entities. We also had Daniel Kozlov. Uh, he's usually based in Moscow uh, and is the founder of something called the Global Venture Alliance, a network of accelerators, uh, which has had him working with hundreds or thousands of impact entrepreneurs, um, including in both Ukraine and Russia, as well as Belarus and, uh, and other countries. He was in Moscow at the beginning of the uh, invasion. He has since left and, he's in, and, we, and spoke to us from India, where his wife is from. It felt like you want to bet in one country. And I mean, we knew that the country was authoritarian and we knew it had problems with all sorts of problems from freedom of press. It was still a place where you could uh, still fairly speak, freely speak your mind, uh, could operate, you know, could do a lot of things. And uh, then literally within a week, it basically unraveled itself or composed itself, whichever way you want to put it, into a police state. And I don't really have any more way to accurately describe it, but it's actually a police state with everything from laws that uh, you open your mouth, you go to jail, and that could be uh, calling war a war, not special operation. Now, the question is, how many people will go back to their home countries after this is over? And I think this is where maybe, as, I, as I'm thinking, Ukraine will get more of people immediately flooding back, whereas Belarus and Russia will not. And then Harlan Mandel from the Media Development Investment Fund, 
uh, came on. He's supporting, or the MDIF is supporting um, independent news outlets in three different cities in Ukraine, as well as in 40 other countries, many of which are conflict zones. So he knows something about political risk. Because of the nature of what we do, political risk is kind of it's kind of our business model, right? So we're financing companies that generally face significant political risk beyond the normal kind of country level risk. Um, specifically, you know, they're often in a challenging relationship with their governments. And so kind of assessing those risks and the ability of the companies to manage those specific kind of risks is part of our investment process. You know, we, we have to take that risk if we're going to follow our mission. And Open Road Alliance's Caroline Brassam is helping impact enterprises weather unforeseen shocks uh, to continue their work, including in Ukraine, but also other places, for example, the Democratic Republic of Congo. In particular, when you think about kind of the growing uncertainty in the world, um, uh, not just in in kind of um, the new world order uh, in Europe, but also just the increasing uncertainty around climate change. You see these large commitments, the billions and trillions of dollars. And when you stop and think, it's like, how do you get that money into the hands of entrepreneurs that are actually going to be doing the hard work on the ground, whether it's making a microloan in Ukraine, hopefully once the conflict um, uh, is resolved, uh, or installing solar panels uh, in, in rural DRC. You have to get from point A to point B, and there's just a whole bunch of money that's getting stuck for 6, 12, 18 months in the meantime. Well, it sounds like this call was just chock full of insights. It was. Listeners can catch up uh, with the call and uh, on our YouTube page or on the recap post on the site in the brief today um, or head to impactalpha.com to check it out. Well, I definitely will. And you've been working on systemic risk and related topics in your day job at TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Yes. And we were excited this week to launch a new tool called SAIL. Systems Aware Investing Launchpad, which will help investors learn how to integrate system-level thinking into their strategies and governance, as well as investment practice, beginning with the issue of income inequality. Wow, can I get a demo? (laughs) Of course. We're in beta now, and we're getting lots of great feedback already from field leaders at the forefront of this conversation. Listeners can reach out to me directly to schedule their own demo. And that's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks, David. Thank you, Monique. And thanks to our producer, Isaac Silk. Subscribe to get full access to Impact Alpha and The Daily Brief. Right now, we're offering podcast listeners $100 off their first subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code BRIEFING100. Thank you for listening. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Make sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care. <laughs>